Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a brilliant day so far. No matter what day you're choosing to tune in, no matter where you're tuning in from, thank you so much for choosing to be here. I am so grateful for your presence and I'm so excited to be introducing this week's guest, Miss Rebecca Louise. So Full disclosure, we recorded this episode well before COVID and during a time when Rebecca was actually getting ready to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and she was training for it and she was getting ready to really sort of like document the whole thing and inspire others to see what's possible when you overcome imposter syndrome, fears and internal doubts and external doubts to live a life without limits. And so that was sort of the context of she like when we recorded this, she had she was getting ready to launch her new book, It Takes Grit, which is out now. You know, so the conversation really drove around the idea of living into your unlimited potential, really stepping into the power of choice and uh, doing things that are hard so that you can build the confidence to live the life that you want. I love Rebecca's story. It's really, really, really beautiful, actually. I mean, she went through a lot growing up, anorexia at 17, being bullied throughout school, She's from the UK. She came to the US on a on a whim to get her commercial pilot's license when she was 23, but she realized that was not her passion. And then when she got her work visa, she was cast to be on a fitness YouTube channel. And that's when she discovered her love for fitness and helping people become just the best versions of themselves using their bodies. And now Rebecca is a mindset and fitness coach, and she has a podcast called It Takes Grit. Uh, her videos have been viewed over 450 million times on YouTube. So that should tell you just how incredible she is, how hard she's worked, and just how she embodies the idea of grit. You know, Rebecca's on a mission to motivate people to feel the best versions of themselves through exciting workouts, tasty recipes, and really just stepping into the truth of who they are. I loved this particular episode because this, you know, a lot of the episodes that we do are really focused on going internal and really focused on sort of navigating our lives from a, from a, from a standpoint of self-love. But to me, I feel like self-love is this beautiful dance between this idea that you are absolutely enough as you are and the contrast with the other side of the spectrum, which is, and you could do better. You know, like if you truly love yourself, it's, it's a delicious dance between those two spectrums. And in this week's episode, we really step into the idea of like, Hey, you are worth doing better. You are worth stepping into the fullness of who you are. You are worth overcoming imposter syndrome. You are worth telling other people your big goals. You are worth to make, you're worth making commitments to like, you are worth it. And so I hope you guys take a beautiful message from this episode. And I hope you guys check out, it takes grit, the book, uh, it takes grit, the podcast and go check out Rebecca. If we said anything on the podcast that stood out to you, please reach out to us on social 
chat to us on Instagram or Facebook or any of the platforms that we're present on. Um, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, you can subscribe to us on any of the apps, Spotify, was it iTunes, um, or any of the, spa- the spaces that we're available on. All that means is every time we launch a new episode, it just drops right into your phone. So anyways, guys, sending you a whole bunch of love, metric tons of love uh, and support, especially as we navigate some of these trying times. I hope you guys are doing great. But without further ado, here is the amazing Rebecca Louise. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everybody tuning in is off to an amazing start in their day, their week, whenever you're really choosing to tune in. This week's guest, Rebecca, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm so great. Uh, I remember we were introduced by Jen a little while back, and she mentioned that you were one person she would just love to have to be on a fly on the wall for a conversation with with us two. So I'm like super excited about that to just see where this goes and how it blossoms into a beautiful hour of of wisdom bombs and nuggets and all sorts of goodness. So super excited. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here and it's going to be a great conversation. We've got some great things to chat about. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to start with Grit, which is essentially, is that your new book coming out right now in the near future, right? It is. August uh, 2020, the book is called It Takes Grit. So it really is the go-to guide to level up your life, whether it's fitness, nutrition, mindset, and really putting your big girl pants on and getting on with it. (laughs) I think that's the best. Yeah. And so that's where I wanted to start. And I wanted you to say it that way, because I remember when you first described the premise of the book to me, it was really refreshing to hear because there's so much literature, knowledge, content out there that how it's self-help or like self-care and, you know, being kind to yourself and loving yourself. But I just felt like there is that other component of doing things for yourself, which sometimes takes work. It takes, takes resilience. It takes you dealing with tough conversations or having tough times. So what are your thoughts on self-care? I guess I'm just curious to start there. Like, what do you think self-care is supposed to be? Yeah, and I really relate to you when you're saying that because I feel like we've had this huge pendulum swing in the terms of, you know, just listen to how you're feeling and, you know, just take a moment to unwind. And we're getting to a point where it's like we're almost not doing anything. And it's that that kind of massive swing about if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Well, often when we're working out, it doesn't always feel that great when you're, you know, three sets into a deadlift. However, you've got to do it anyway to get those results. So for me, self-care, it's going for a goal and doing it in a, in a manner that excites me, that gets my adrenaline going, and that's something that I can accomplish. There is nothing like the feeling of accomplishing something. Even if you've gone and, you know, you go on a hike to a waterfall and you've, yeah, it's a longer hike than you're used to and you get back to wherever you're staying, you're like, wow, I feel so accomplished because I did that. And I feel like that's self-care because it's teaching your body what you're capable of and you're giving yourself love with these accomplishments and, and treating yourself to say, wow, I can really do this. Now, obviously, we're in this world where it's crazy. There's social media and comparison and really just taking a moment to realize how special you are and what you've achieved in that moment, I really feel like is is a big thing. And I've just got back from a climbing trip and it was a reality check being on the mountain. And the only thing that was important was 
how to use my crampons in the snow, how to climb up this mountain, getting to the peak. And that to me was giving my body like self-care of I have my arms and my legs and I'm moving and I'm breathing and I'm talking and boom, I'm use, utilizing those skills that I have. And so I think self-care is, is a huge thing in that area. So it's almost like you're, you're using self-care as another word for self-belief. Is that a fair way to ex- describe it? I feel so because, you know, self-care is, is, you know, although it's a physical thing that we start off with, really the end result and the outcome is a mental because self-care is supposed to make us feel better. It's supposed to make us, you know, feel more content with ourselves, like put us back into reality. And so the physical things actually help with that outcome of what the mental uh, philosophy is. So yeah, accomplishing something and and doing something great, I feel like is is a great reflection of self-care and just showing you how badass you are. Yeah. So let me ask you this. There's these elements of, of pushing yourself to feel your own greatness, which is what it sounds like you're describing here. What role does the other side play for you? I guess in that form of like, like maybe it's taken a moment to slow down. Do you have rituals in your life that balance the, the art of, I guess, going after the things that make you feel proud of yourself and then also sort of taking care of yourself along the way? Like what is the balance for you? And, you know, and the thing is with balance is that every day is, can be different. So some days you might be climbing up a mountain, doing a 5k and, you know, going into a business meeting or your kids have got to be picked up from a million places at once. And that day is just that day. And it's not bad. It's not good. It just is. And there might be another day where you've got an extra hour. And that hour might be sitting down, reading a book, having a cup of tea with a piece of chocolate. And, you know, really like that for me is my is my balance. You know, I like to get up early so that I'm not rushed in the morning because rushing for me can make you feel anxious, can make you feel like you don't have enough time. And if you're just taking your sweet ass time because you've got up early in the morning, that's okay. It's if you, you know, you're getting up late, you're hitting the snooze button, you know, you're running around trying to get things done and then you're off to wherever you're supposed to be. If you just got up an hour earlier and you just kind of doddle around, took time having a breakfast, enjoyed a longer shower, read a book, that's self-care. But that's you deciding that you want to get up early enough to give your body and to give your mindset that time to do it. It is that balance. Do you want to have this the self-care asleep? Or do you want to have it awake and actually doing things actively that are going to help you get prepared for the day? I love that. Even for self-care, you have to make a decision that gives you the time to have self-care, which is making a tough decision, like waking up early or going to the gym or anything. It can be small things, but you're still making a commitment, which is what it sounds like. It's it's commitments. So have you always been gifted at, at kind of keeping commitments to yourself or were there a time period where you sort of like struggled with making commitments and keeping commitments to yourself? And how did you sort of break through that so that, because it sounds like you, you seem like a super committed person. You're doing all these amazing things. You're making these, these efforts. Was it always like that? When I was 14 years old, I was part of the South of England field hockey team. And I remember going to the trials and I got through to the team and I was committed and I had extra lessons and I, I gave it absolutely everything. And when I was told that I was being dropped, that feeling of I'm no longer part of this team, no longer part of this squad, I just felt like I'd given myself the commitment and that it didn't. It was an outside source that had dropped me. It wasn't me. I knew that I'd given it absolutely everything that I got. 
And I felt like, you know what, as long as you've done your best and you hold that responsibility to yourself, it doesn't matter what happens or what somebody else says on the outside world, because you know, deep down, you've done your best. And I feel good when I've been productive and been my best. So if I haven't been my best that day, if I'm not being productive, I don't go to bed feeling great. I go to bed feeling great when I'm like, oh, I was organized. I went to the gym. I took my time. I read my book today. I had these meetings. Everything was on time. I feel good about that. And then I'm in the habit of doing the same thing. So I think intrinsically, it's always been instilled in me that if you're doing your best, you're going to get to where you want to be. And even if you don't get to where you want to be, because it's from an outside source, you've done your best to get there. And I just really believe that, you know, if if you want to get places in life, you just have to know that it's going to take time. It's going to take grit. It's going to take determination. And it's something that is instilled in you that is an accountability with yourself. And often we have maybe a pack with somebody else. You know, if I said to someone, hey, meet me at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, we're going to go for a run. If I told someone else I'm doing it, I'm probably, most of the population is more likely to turn up than if they just made the commitment to themselves, which is such a sad thing that we're more likely to commit to somebody else than ourselves. And for me, the biggest commitment is with me. I, you know, I, I don't let anybody else down, but I definitely don't let myself down. And I think that when you hold that standard to yourself and you're committed to what you want to do, you're going to feel better about yourself anyway, if you just get in the habit of holding the commitment to yourself and not procrastinating. That's what I'm, I'm good at not procrastinating. Why do you think it's easier for people to make promises to others than it is to themselves or keep promises to others? Because they don't value themselves as much as they value somebody else. And I think that's just a, you know, negative is normal. And we're like, we're not worth it. You know, we're not worth doing it. But is it really worth feeling how you're going to feel at the end of the day by not doing it? You know, it, it, it really is that we're not worthy. It's easy to let ourselves down. It's easy for us to say, oh, well, I haven't told anybody that I'm going to the gym so I can get out of it. But if you've made the commitment to somebody else, you're definitely more likely to show up because you don't want to let that person down because you have feelings for them, because you made a commitment, you know, because you you don't want to let that person down. And so I think it is definitely normal for ourselves to be put in a situation where we're we're more likely to to cancel on ourselves. And if you just make the commitment like, no, why would I cancel on myself? That other person's got their stuff going on. I've got my own stuff. I can't change that person. I'm in control of me. And if I want me to change, I'm the one who has to be the committed person for myself, not from an outside source. How do you build that attitude? Because I don't think that's something, and if somebody hasn't been born with that or hasn't been raised in a way to believe that, I see a lot of negative self-talk. How can somebody who maybe hasn't been as great about keeping promises to themselves develop the habit or develop the practice of just committing to themselves more? Honestly, it's a choice that you make. It is really as simple as you have a choice. Do you want to grow and get better and to create healthy habits and commit to yourself? Great. If you do, do it. If you don't want to do it and if you're like, oh, I just don't know if I can commit, with that kind of language, you won't. Mm. It's just making a decision that you're going to do it regardless. And I'm not saying that every day that, you know, we make it and I, I'd never skip the gym and, you know, I, I, I lose commitments to myself. Like that's normal. But the majority of the time I'm true to my word. And I feel like if you're true to your word, it's actually 
what other people look at you too. So I know that I'm really reliable because if somebody asks me to do something, I'll do it. So even though that you're making a commitment to yourself, you're actually making a commitment to everybody else around you. Otherwise, you're the boy that cried wolf. You know, if, if someone says, you know, if I say, oh, I'm going to do this project, there's nobody in my family or my life that goes, oh, you know what? She's probably not going to do it. They're going to be like, all right. Oh, holy cow. She's doing it. You know, she's made the decision. She's doing it. So even though it's to myself, if I start vocally talking about it, even though it's a commitment to myself, other people start to realize that I am true to my word. So if you can flip your mindset and go, well, it's not just a commitment to yourself that you're going to go to the gym. Because if you start to tell everybody else, hey, I'm going to start going to the gym five days a week, tell as many people as you can. So when I decided that I was going to do Mount Everest and I wanted to summit the top of the world, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it would throw me, that's outside of my comfort zone. What I did is I started to tell people all the time. And I'm now in a habit of telling people because now, yes, it's a commitment that I decided for myself and nobody's doing it with me. However, I've told all these people, the thought of the embarrassment of me not doing it is way greater than the fear of doing it. Mm. So if you're worried and you're not, and you're like, oh, I just don't know how to commit to myself, tell people what you're committed to. It's like choosing a bigger fear. Right. Like, yes, climbing that summit's scary and that element has elements of fear associated with it. But you have a bigger fear of letting people down or it's almost like like so you're playing fears against each other until eventually none of them scare you. And you just keep moving with your own intrinsic need to perform. Totally. So you're using your motivation, but you're actually using other people to to help you stay motivated. Um, the guy that I'm climbing Everest with you know, he talks about, you know, I'm like, why do you love running so much at the moment? And I'm like, he goes, well, it's great because I get to go out with my dog. Okay, well, if your dog wasn't there, what's the motivation? And he started to think, and I knew the answer because he posts on Instagram to his followers about just get it done, just get it done. And I said, you have a responsibility and accountability with your audience. Yeah. And he said, yeah, you're right. Because if I don't do it, I feel like I've let them down. So you can use an outside source to motivate you. Tell your kid, if you have kids, tell your kids, hey, mommy, daddy, they're going to run, you know, uh, two miles a week or two miles a day or whatever it is. Tell somebody else you're doing something. And then that, that responsibility should shake you up enough that you want to stay true to your word, not just because it's true to you, but also to that person that, that, you, uh, that you're accountable for. Uh, accountability is such a powerful practice. You know, I've had, I've had different types of accountability at different points in my life. Like at certain points in my life, I had accountability to get myself in shape. Certain points in my life, I had accountability to get a business started. Other points in my life, I had accountability to keeping myself honest with myself. And it's just crazy how many different, like accountability is like the most powerful structure. Why do you think people don't use accountability the way that you've been using it for so long? I just think maybe they're just not aware and they feel like it's imposter syndrome. So if you're, you know, f I had to just get over that because I'm on social media and I have a business a brand. So if I don't tell anybody about the app or I don't tell anyone about what we're doing, I wouldn't have a business. Yeah. So if, you're, if you don't have a business or you don't have anything that you're promoting or you're not a brand, it's probably going to feel very alien to you. And the last thing that you want to do is call up your best friend and be like, okay, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be going to the gym five times a week. Like, 
maybe they, they feel uncomfortable with that. It's like, well, why, why do I want to put myself on somebody else's, you know, responsibility? And I think it's that imposter syndrome of feeling like, oh, I'm just telling this person for, for what? Am I bragging? Am I boasting that I'm doing this? Well, it's, it's not. It's all how you look at it. And I don't think of, you know, when I'm talking about going to Everest, it's, it's, not, it's not a brag. It's not a boast. It's like, holy cow, like, I got to tell you this because <laughs> I'm going to tell enough people. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And like, the, and I'm not going to do it. So I need to just keep telling people like, oh my God, by the way, I'm climbing this. It, it's for my own self belief that I'm actually doing this and I'm actually going to run with it rather than thinking like I'm in, and if someone feels like I'm impostering on them or I'm bragging, like you just don't know me. And I like, if you don't like me, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's no problem. We're not meant to be friends yeah. and you're not meant to be friends with everybody. And so if you feel that no problem, I'm not going to listen to what you're, you got to brag about. And it was funny because I was in a mastermind uh, not long ago. One of the girls had just had the biggest launch of her, of her brand. And it just was, she did like crazy amount in the first day. And she's sitting there at dinner. She's like, oh, I, I really, I, she, she kind of whispered and told me that. She goes, oh, it's really nice that I can tell you this because my friends, like I tell them, I feel like I'm bragging. I heard this news. I stood up. I'm like, hey, everybody, I just want to let you know like what this person's just done and, and, and validated them and given them recognition because this person would have never have done this in an environment with her other group of friends because maybe they wouldn't understand. Maybe they think that she's bragging. And like, if you feel like someone's bragging, you're probably just jealous because you're not supportive and you're not being excited for what someone's telling you. It's good. If it's good news, it's good news. There's so much bad news out there. If someone tells you something good that they're doing that's remarkable, be freaking fired up for them. I had the best conversation with a friend of mine about jealousy and the most powerful reframe. Let's say you want something out of your life, something positive, something big, something new, something exciting, some goal you're working towards, right? And you visualize it and you think about it and you're committed to it every single day. If you play in that world, your reticular activating system, your brain naturally starts to notice other people doing well too. And at that point, you have a choice. You can either act with jealousy or you can say, wow, that person's winning. I'm going to celebrate with them because that's, it's like winning's happening around me. Winning is happening around me. People are winning around me and I'm just going to support and give. And so like, I think that if you don't find people that are there to scream and cheer and give you support when you are at your best, you need to find new people. That Mm -hmm. is the, I know, and that's not the easiest thing for a lot of people to hear. That's not the easiest thing to swallow, but really life is too short to be trying to convince people that you're awesome. Life is way too damn short. There are millions of people out there that would literally look at everything you're doing, Rebecca, me included, be like, go, 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 run, girl, run. It is awesome. And I think that you just brought up such an important point because imposter syndrome is the thing that kills our society. It really is. And, it, and it's, it's those, those people around you. And I'm, I, I've, I've had it too. Like when I got my book deal, I had some people saying like, you know, congratulations, that's amazing. And I went to another, you know, function and not one person mentioned it. And I know that they know on my social media and, you know, it might be family and friends. It might be, it's probably going to be your closest people right now who are not validating your success or not talking about it. And that is what is sometimes the hardest thing. You know, I was just on another call before this and a girl just started their business and our parents aren't like that supportive of it and they don't want any conversation about it. And 
that's normal. I don't know why the world's like this. I don't know why when somebody starts something new, the family or the closest friends are the ones who are the most negative. Where you get some stranger halfway around the world who's never met you before going, you're freaking amazing, you rock. And I think if you just know that that's what to expect, you know, you're not going to get so, uh, you know, hard on yourself and, and quit. I mean, that's the worst thing that happens. I see all the times that people get negativity from people close around them and then they quit what they love to do because they're so worried about what cousin Sally said, you know, down the road or something. So how do you combat that? Like if you were in a, if you were in that shoe or if you had somebody listening who's in that space right now, who's trying to do something new for their lives, they've made a decision to either get healthier to maybe pick up a side hustle, maybe start a new hobby, do something different, change their life. And they're surrounded or they're in an environment right now that is based on what they had in their past. How would you tell them to sort of escape that or create something new or find new support? Like, Where would you even tell someone like that to start? So you have to be really true to yourself. You have to be true to what you believe in. And if you in your gut believe in this business opportunity, you believe in this opportunity, you know, that is something that you have got to follow yourself. And my mentor, one of my mentors always told me, don't take advice from someone you're not willing to trade places with. Mm. Only take advice with people that you want to trade places with. So that line automatically made me go, right, if I want what this person has, I'm going to listen to them. Do I want what this person has? Nope, I'm not going to listen. So only take advice from people that you would, you know, don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. And that thing has really stuck with me. And, you know, I'll get people, you know, negative comments, and they're like, I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want to listen to you because you're not what I value and you're not, you don't have what I want. And it's crazy because you'll get opinions from family and friends about, you know, whatever it is. And you look at what they're doing and you're like, well, this, I don't want to be, I don't want the outcome of what you've got right now. You're miserable. Most of the time, these people are miserable. Someone more successful than you is never going to bash on anything that you do. They're just not. I mean, you can come to me with any business idea and as long as it's legal and you're not hurting (laughs) And even if it were, I'd be like, okay, let's go. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Let's give it 90 days. Whereas your friends are like, mm, I'm not sure if you should trust that person or I'm not sure if you should go down that route. Like, who are you to say that? Let this person figure it out and have fun with it. And so you, you've got to be prepared. And this is something that I, you know, that I work with, with with clients is that you have to be prepared for somebody not liking what you're going to do in anything. In anything in your life, there's so many different variations of how you can live your life. And so if you just decide that that's what feels good to you, don't take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with because that doesn't make any sense. And I think that's really the the best advice that I got when I was starting out with this business is like, who is it that I want to be? And they're the people that I'm going to listen to. You know, I love that. I'm going to actually, I'm going to quote that and just put that somewhere because it's such an important reminder, again, to just focus on what you want. Don't focus on what you don't want. Don't let things you don't want cloud what you want. What you want should just be a laser in in a way. And if you just keep looking at life through that lens, you're going to constantly find people that also have the same lenses on. And then you're going to be in a giant lens party where you're just hanging out and wearing the same glasses and doing the same things. And eventually you're all going to rise because a rising tide raises all ships. Uh, I will say, though, one of the really kind of big perspective shifts I've had this year is around you know, people who don't support you and people who are negative to you or people who are trying to put you down. And you met, you said it yourself, it's because of their own shit, 
right? It's not necessarily because of anything you are doing. It's usually because of jealousy or because of you doing something causes them to feel inadequate about their lives and what they've done. And then they start to project that on you. Another really helpful tip that I've had in my past is try and think about the life that that person had and the circumstances that that person had to go through in order for them to act the way that they did with you. Like if somebody like, for example, parents are a big one, right? If a parent is negative about something that's going on in your life, well, one of the most powerful things you can do is try and think of why would this parent act this way? Why would, how, how were they raised? You know, what did they go through when they were children? How did their parents treat them? What beliefs did they grow up with? And you can start to then sort of even in the slightest bit, maybe just empathize with the fact that whatever they're saying has nothing to do with you. Well, that's the big thing is I used to take everything so personally. I mean, you would offend me. Oh my goodness. I would be in tears. I would be traumatized. I would get so offended by what people say and take it so personally. And what I realized is it is, as you said, it's got nothing to do with you. This same attitude would be on anybody down the street. It's not got anything to do with you. And you do have to look at what they've gone through. And there might be a situation in their life that has triggered something that made them feel this way about that particular incident, or they've been conditioned to think that way. And that's not their fault. That's just how they think. And so I don't go, well, they're, they're wrong. I don't think that they're right. I just go, that is, that is what their opinion is. And that is, they're allowed their opinion. It doesn't mean that I have to take it on and I have to listen to it. I can just go, right, well, that's what you think about this. Okay, that's fine. We'll agree to disagree. I'm not even, we're not even arguing. It's, not, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even want to listen to it. It's fine. Okay, no problem. I know now that this person is probably not the person I'm going to ring up and be like, oh my goodness, like this just happened with my book or, you know, I'm going, I'm going to do this or I've just started something new. I now know that that person at this time in life are not the right person to go to. doesn't mean to say that they won't grow. They might change their opinions. But at this time, that's not what I need in my life. And that's okay. You can, you can say that. There's so much power in choice, right? Like when you take ownership, like I'm going to choose who I want to listen to. I'm going to choose what's important to me. I'm going to choose how important I am. Like that power of choice is just like, almost like it sets you free, right? Like when you take radical ownership of your life, like you just, it's, it's just like you cut all of the need for permission or allowance or anything. It's just like, it's like a freeing, does that make, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I know because there's a big chapter in in my book and it talks about the, the, the steps to, to being motivated, to getting started, the steps to get started. And my number one thing, and you cannot go to the next step unless you completely own this, is that you have a choice about everything. Mm. But Rebecca, I don't have a choice because I need to pay these bills. Oh, but Rebecca, I don't have a choice because I live here. Well, you decided how much money that you wanted to earn because you took that job. You decided where you live because you decided that's where you're going to rent somewhere. And you can be like, oh, but Rebecca, you know, I I have this group of friends or like I didn't get this job because I didn't know this person. It's all down to the choices that you made. I didn't get to America. I'm from England. I didn't get to America going, oh, my goodness, I'm just going to like clip my heels together and, you know, my red heels and send me over to America. (laughs) It has been hard work, but it was a choice. I chose that I wanted to live in another country. I wanted to live in America. 
And then I made the decision to make it happen. Loads of people say, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky that you do this. There's no luck, there's choice. Everything that you have in your life is solely down to the choices that you have made. And so if you want to change your circumstances, today, right now, you have to make different choices. So the thing for me is it's always a choice. It's always a choice. Whatever you want to do, however you want to behave, if you're in a good relationship, if you're in a bad relationship, it's your choice. You're, that's your choice. You decided that. So I completely relate to that because there's a massive section in the book about how to overcome and really get to the point of knowing that you have a choice. And I'm telling you, it is really that powerful. Like when you decide, now sometimes what you consciously, the choices you make consciously don't necessarily align with the choices you're making subconsciously. Right. Like sometimes there are habits or thoughts or beliefs that then led to you making certain choices. You can't necessarily you can consciously say you want to make new choices. But let's say somebody made bad choices. Right. And they are where they are. Right. How does one get to a point where they can actually change the way that they feel about the choices that they made? Well, your past doesn't determine your future. And I have made some terrible choices. I have been in toxic relationships. I've been divorced. I have been massive on the party scene in London. I've done drugs. I've done too much alcohol. I have made some terrible choices about situations that I put myself in. I have made some incredibly shitty choices. Freaking love them all. I love them all because I was able to experience those choices and know that they were choices that I don't want to make again. Mm. So if you've made bad choices, great. You actually know what your good and your bad choices are. If you've never made a bad choice, well, then you haven't lived and you don't really know what the good choices are because you've got nothing to compare it to. Mm. So if you've made a bunch of bad choices, hallelujah, great, that's awesome. What did you learn from that? How can you help other people from those choices that you make? How did you grow from it? What was it that you learned? I mean, all choices, I, again, it's not bad or good. It just is. I don't even look at like those choices of me, you know, whatever I did in my past and crazy stories. I don't even think they're bad choices. They was just a choice that I made at the time. You know, who's, to, who's the determined person who says that that was a bad or a good choice? You are. You are. Yep. So, yeah, to somebody else's eyes, oh, Rebecca, like, you know, you, you did a lot, too many drugs that night, blah, blah. Yeah, it was in your eyes. Maybe that wasn't the choice that you would have done, but I chose that and, you know, I learned from that. So is it a bad choice or is it a, a choice that I made that I learned from? I'm choosing to look at it as a good choice because I'm here where I am. And when you look back, you can see all the dots connect and why I'm here sat doing this podcast with you right now is because of all those decisions that I made. So if you really let your past determine, you know, how your future is going to go, like that's you're, you're choosing to do that instead of just going, wow, all of these experiences that I've had are enabling me to be where I am today. You know, it's funny. I started a few years back, I started a practice of massively being grateful for every single thing in my life, right? One thing, the first step was taking ownership of my life. And then the second step was just, looking at my past and saying, okay, you know what? Everything happened for me to experience what I'm experiencing today. Do you practice gratitude? Is that like a part of your, your rituals and your own sort of like way of living? 
Yeah, gratitude really um, has helped me a lot just get back to the basics of being wrapped up in this social media world because it's like comparison. And I made a video about how to not compare yourself. And I think that that is a huge thing. And it really helped me because I was comparing. Like a lot of this, these videos that I've made or that's on my podcast, It Takes Grip, is a self-reflection of how I felt at one point and what I've done to overcome it. So not comparing yourself to other people because you can't compare. You were born in different places. You've grown up different. You've had different opportunities. Like everything, nothing, what, there's no fair playing ground to even compare. Right. So what are you comparing against? You're not. It, it's, it doesn't even make any sense to compare because you can't. It's not fair playing ground. So the gratitude thing really helped me with the comparison. So I you know, have the five-minute journal. Really simple. In the morning, five things, uh, three things you're grateful for, three things that will make today great, an affirmation, and then you do it again at night. And you realize my life is my life is great. You know what 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 do I really need to be stressed about? You know I'm too blessed to be stressed. I, if I if I'm stressed, I I am choosing to do that. Now this has taken years of work. And the Rebecca Louise five years ago would be in a spiral and getting emotionally crazy and up and down and all over the place. And it's taken me a long time just to get to a spot where I'm like, okay, let's take a breath. Like. Is getting stressed and worked up going to help in this situation? And it's not to say that sometimes I don't lose my cool and like I get a little bit rallied up, but the gratitude journal has really helped me stay grounded and it's helped me to reflect back on the day and be like, well, these three awesome things happened today. And like, I should be grateful for that. Like, who am I to complain? I can't stand complainers. I think that's my biggest thing. I was like, if you complain around me, I will make you look stupid. I will have sarcastic tone. Uh, it just, it's, you're not gonna, it's not going to work around me. Just don't complain. I will probably make you look a little bit silly. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. I, I have the same annoyance around complainers. There's too many things. If you have two legs, two arms, a beating heart, and you are listening to this podcast then you are nine, you are ahead of so many people on this planet and there's absolutely nothing to complain over. You can be sad over things. You can actually, this is my rule. I give so me and my partner were actually having a conversation about this. He was having a really bad day and me and him have this rule where we will give each other five minutes to bitch. That's it. We get five minutes, five minutes of no judging. You just let it all out. Whatever you're feeling, if you're angry, if you're mad, if you're, bitching, whatever. I don't care. Take it out. And then after those five minutes, you're done. You don't get to, you don't get to, you don't get to sit in your, in your sorrow. You don't get to feel sorry for yourself. You get back up, you put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants on, and you just do what needs to be done. You make different choices and you move forward. And it's been, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I, (laughs) It's great. And then you know what? We, we all have something like a little irritating thing under our skin. But I like that. The five minutes thing. It's five minutes. Okay. You know, talk a bit. Because the thing is like talking it, talking it and talking it isn't actually going to resolve anything. And I say, don't complain about it unless you're going to do something about it. Yep. And I know that too. And I'll say like, hey, I know I'm complaining about this and I'm probably not going to do anything about it. But I'm just going to just vent to you for a couple of minutes and complain and then I'm just going to tell you, because that's the other thing. If you're complaining to somebody, you've got to tell them, are you asking for advice or asking you just to vent? And are you just venting and you know, because that's what I do. I say, hey, look, I'm not going to do anything about this. I know I probably should, but I'm just going to vent to you. 
don't give me any advice back because I don't want any advice because I know I'm not going to do it. But I'm letting that person know. Otherwise, you're complaining. That person's like, well, this person keeps complaining, but they're not going to do anything about it. And then that's irritating and time-wasting to the other person. setting the intention. Exactly. I'm telling them, hey, I'm probably not going to be doing anything about this. Just wanted to vent this to you. I don't really want much feedback, but that was it. I just needed to get it off my chest. I love it. Yeah, and it's being honest and open about it. I love it. Well, you mentioned something earlier about stress and the things that pop up in your mind. One of the biggest, I think, sources of thoughts in general are some sort of fear. And you brought up fear earlier in the way that you deal with fear by telling people around you you're going to do something and you do it anyways, right? Accountability is a great antidote for fear. When fear shows up in your life, are there any other ways that you sort of move through them or deal with fear as you're going and doing things that are hard or maybe dealing with conversations that are tough or really even just navigating this little wave of life that we're all trying to surf as well as we can? Yeah, I feel with fear, you've got something that's coming up and that fear starts to sink in. Now, I did a trip and I was going for six nights in Florence and I was doing six nights doing my first ever practice climb in the Alps. I never climbed the mountain before. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was a long trip. So I was away from home and I started to get a little bit fearful. I didn't know what was happening. I felt emotional. I was like, what is going on? I'm going to a great mastermind in Florence for six nights. And then I'm going in the Alps. Like, come on, Rebecca. I, I, I started to feel a little bit fearful. Now you're allowed to feel the fear Don't let that stop you from doing it. Because I knew in my head, as soon as I got on the airplane, as soon as I got to Florence, as soon as I saw my people, I was going to be fine. And that's the thing is you've got to think, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, what's that outcome? The outcome was I was going to Florence. I was staying in a beautiful hotel. I was going to go truffle hunting, drinking red wine, see a bunch of friends. And then I was going to get to explore the mountains. So that was my outcome. (laughs) Which is crazy because you're like, And I've seen this before when I've had people who are traveling to events and they're fearful. They get there and they're fine. So it's okay to have that fear. Just don't let that fear stop you doing what you need to do or or doing what it is. Because you know it, you know deep down that you're going to be fine, right? And there's that weird emotion, anxiety, whatever it is that comes up and you're like freaking out a little bit. And it's like, okay, let me just realize that once I get there, I'm going to be fine. And, you know, once, once it's happened and once you're there, you, you typically are fine. And it's knowing that ahead of time that the outcome is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So, you know, recognize that fear feeling and then go, okay, but what's the outcome of me actually doing this? Well, it's going to be awesome. So where's the problem? And that's really how I've, in the last episode where I can think about fear, that's kind of how I've dealt with it. Because I'm like, well, I'm not going to not do it. So I might as well just get over this. No, the grass is always greener on the other side of fear. Like I've always felt like fear and excitement are like two sides of the same coin. So like if you go to an athlete, right? I think I saw this on a Simon Sinek video a little while back, but he had this, he talked about this athlete getting interviewed by like a reporter and this it was an Olympic athlete getting ready for a race. And the reporter was asking him like, so are you nervous? Are you, are you, uh, are you scared? Like, what are you thinking about the other opponents? And the Olympic athlete looked back and said, wait, no, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I have butterflies. I'm excited. And it was just the same situation that two people saw, but one person saw fear, the other person saw excitement. And that's just the underlying truth at the end of it, right? Fear is something that you experience. It's a, it's an emotion But truly, the second you flash a flashlight on whatever fear is shadowing over, 
you start to realize that it's smoke and mirrors in the first place. It's not real. So maybe it's just a name that we, we created for this, this excitement. Yeah. And now fear, this negative thing where, cause yeah, I was getting emotional. I was, I was really excited at the same time, but it's like, because I do say fear is, fear is a figment of your imagination. It is made up because it, it comes up and you're like, well, you now, then you start to create things. You almost think yourself, think yourself out of it. I've had so many people that were going to go and do stuff, but they've had too much time to think. And they've actually talked themselves out of yeah. doing something because of the fear. But really, fear is just made up in your own head. And that's why I know when, it, when I feel the feels, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just ready to get there. It's almost like I'm ready. I just need to be there. And that is excitement right? Because you're just excited and ready to be there. So you're right. Let's switch the thought of being a fear because it is just a figment of your imagination into the, uh, into the fields of excitement. It's almost like a North Star. When you feel mm-hmm. afraid or you feel not ready or you feel like this thing is out of your reach, it's almost like a calling to, hey, that's, that's, you should do that. Because then going back to our original thought was when you do things that are hard, when you set commitments and you do things that are out of your comfort zone and you push in that direction, eventually you just feel really good about yourself. And you did something that's, that you were afraid of and you didn't die. You are, you are alive, you are kicking, and you feel better about yourself. And then that just sets the catalyst for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's so true. It's going to set you up for the next thing in life. Rebecca, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've experienced, everything you've been through and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? It's taken me a long time to stay grounded. And I feel like when you want to be grounded, you need a reality check. One of the biggest things that I have found on the journey of summiting to come to the summit of Mount Everest was getting in the outdoors. And I feel like there's a lot of anxiety, CBD, all of that stuff that kind of brings us down, but that doesn't really get to the root of how you can be grounded and humble and free of outside comparisons. So for me, when I am on the outdoors, I'm rock climbing, I'm climbing, I'm hiking, I'm going through the snow and there's mother nature around and you have to be subject to whatever's going on outside. That's such a humbling Mm, experience. And that really made me feel grounded because the only thing that was important when I'm at the peak of these mountains or when I'm in the outdoors hiking is survival. Where's my next meal coming from? How do I get my foot up this next little crevice to get to the an inch higher up? And so it's those moments getting into the outdoors. That's what's going to keep you grounded because all, all the time that we're wrapped up in our phones and technology and you know, getting sucked into this environment, we forget what's important. And for me, seeing the world and travel and accomplishing things that are physical is something that really keeps me grounded because it pushes you outside your comfort zone. And you realize that we're all in this magical world and we've got these beautiful environments and mountains and oceans and jungles and all of these crazy things. Like, that's really what's important. And so I feel like being grounded is in relation to having a reality check. And that reality check is being outside and getting in the outdoors and, you know, connecting with people um, in a team to accomplish something like a marathon or, you know, like a triathlon or whatever it is. And, and those things 
make me stay grounded because it makes me realize what's important and it gives me a real reality check, not what's on Instagram. Beautiful. Oh, mic drop. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Nature is the equalizer, the most powerful equalizer. It is always, it's just, it's the best. You get out there and you actually realize how much is happening outside of your control and outside of your power. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Rebecca, I'm a fan. I cannot wait to support and cheer you on as you're going on this journey. And I think you might have a few fans after this episode too. So thank you so much for being here. I, I really am grateful that we got the time to, to, to spend. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And if you know, just one person was inspired by something that we spoke about today, um, then, uh, then we've done what we were supposed to do. So thank you for having me. Beautiful. Well, everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Rebecca. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.